Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Angus up. He's going to read the Bible for us uh, today, but before he does that, we're going to get to know Angus just a little bit more. Uh, So as many of you know, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, we're in uh, our Bible series called A Dangerous Vision, looking at what it means to be a church uh, that makes and grows disciples. And part of that looks like membership. And that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today together. Ross is going to come and preach to us about what it means to be a church that it's on about membership. But Angus, um, you are involved in the ministry of membership. Yep. But before we get to that, um, mate, can you just tell us who is Angus? Uh, I am Angus. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> um, I'm Angus. Um, yeah, I'm involved in kind of the welcoming ministry and stuff, so you'll have probably shaken my hand at some point. Um, but I'm married to Imka. She's 20 weeks preggers at the moment, so that's pretty exciting. Due on the 24th of December, so uh, no need to get us a Christmas present because we'll probably be distracted. Um, yeah, I work with about half of Southside at Privium Homes. Um, I've been coming to Southside for eight or so years now and probably, I think, I was counting it this morning, but committed to Christ about a decade ago, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I also you are studying at the moment too, right? Yep. Can you tell us a bit about that? What are you what are you doing? Um, it's pretty boring. Um, but, it's but you're getting excited like about it. it yeah, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a graduate diploma in data science, which is like computers and maths mixed together. So that's cool. <laughs> It is. Like ben and I are <laughs> both you. super excited because you can help us out at church in like awesome yeah. ways. Um, hey, yeah, you are involved in the ministry of membership. Um, can you tell us what that is? Um, yeah, so pretty much it's just, funnily enough, the members in the church. So membership says it all. Um, when I was first thinking about membership, it was kind of given to me as like, this is a timeline with our five M's, like, Um, mission is kind of bringing people into the church and membership is then connecting with them and going deeper in those relationships to move them on to like ministry and maturity and magnification so but it's it's kind of that but they're also intertwined so it's about kind of loving everyone in the church and kind of looking after the flock in that way yeah awesome thanks for sharing that and so your role in the ministry of membership is on the welcoming team. Um, why is that important to you? Um, yeah, so welcoming's uh, something I'm really passionate about, um, partly because I really like shaking hands, uh, but mostly because, um, yeah, we've been welcomed into the church. We've been welcomed into God's family. And uh, of a Sunday morning, that's really just our opportunity to reflect that, uh, which is what we're called to do. And... Uh, that's just really important to me, um, being able to kind of be able to say 
welcome to the family each morning um, and be genuinely excited to see people and see people coming in and growing in relationships with each other and learning about gro- God and growing in their relationship with God. Um, yeah, it's just a pleasure to be involved in it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And so, like, you care about it deeply. Um, what happens when you see it not happening well? Um, you know, someone standing by themselves over morning tea. Why is that not okay for you? Um, yeah, so pretty much, like I was saying, like, God's called us, um, God's welcomed us, and then we're meant to reflect that and welcome other people. So when other people aren't being welcomed or aren't being um, kind of engaged in talk or whatever, uh, that can be a poor reflection of what we're trying to show God looks like. So if someone's alone there, they're seeing us as not not wanting to engage with them and seeing that as God not wanting to engage with them. Mm. Yeah, wow, that's massive. Mate, yeah, really appreciate you sharing with us your heart for yeah membership and particularly welcoming. Um, so, you, as you've been involved in this ministry, how has God used that to draw you closer to Jesus? Um, yeah, for me, it's been a big jump in um, viewing our community as a whole. Like, um, I think before being in this welcoming ministry, um, I'd be loving in groups. Um, but now seeing kind of getting to engage with everyone, albeit briefly as they come in, makes me see our church as a whole and can see the love kind of going between um, all age groups and kind of any gaps and that, um, yeah, it's just challenged me that we're all united under Christ and, um, yeah, that's been a good area of growth. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Mate, we'd love to pray for you before you read the Bible for us. Um, yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Angus and Imka. And Father, I just want to thank you and celebrate uh, the new life there for them with their little baby. And just pray that, Lord, you would bring that child to know and love you, um, even uh, from within the womb, like you did so awesomely in the life of John the Baptist. Lord, we know you can do these things. We just pray that you would yeah, love this little child and care for it and keep it healthy. And also, Father, for Angus and Imco, that you would be continuing to build them up into knowing and loving Jesus all the more, and that would strengthen their marriage together, but also their con- contribution and ministry here at church. Thank you for um, their yeah, partnering with us in the work of the gospel, and just pray, Father, that you'd continue to use them um, yeah, through the ministries of Kids Church and Welcoming to see people, Father, feel welcomed, embraced, and connected into the life of the church where we all get to experience, Father, and um, share with others the love that you have richly shown us in Jesus. Amen. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Uh, Hi, I'm Angus. Um, (laughs) We're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 22, some page uh, 949 of the Church Bibles. And behind me. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. Hang on, Angus. It's chapter two, I think. Might have to try. Brian's fault, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter two, verse 11. 17. 17. That one was my. To the end of the chapter. 
This makes more sense. <laughs> and 947 of the church Bibles. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. morning again. As Ryan mentioned, we are partway through a series called A Dangerous Vision, that's God's vision for his church, and yeah, we're digging a little bit deeper into our membership and what that means for us. How about I pray before we start? Dear Father God, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to already be encouraged about what you're doing, uh, not just here but around the world. We thank you for uh, allowing us to share the journey with each other and the privilege it is to do that as a church family. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to reflect on that now. What are we doing here as a church family? And how should we reflect your love to others? Amen. Recently, an ABC report came out uh, talking about an epidemic, a loneliness epidemic. And it said, our need to connect with others is deeply hardwired and goes right back to when we, we'd hang out with groups so we could survive. So when one, of, one in four Australians reports feeling lonely at least one day a week is something we need to pay attention to. The issue is so pervasive and its effects are so damaging that experts warn of a loneliness epidemic that could be our next public health crisis. It's one of the things in our world changing. On one hand, we've got uh, bigger crowds, more people living in cities, more people dealing with each other, Social media, you know, we're connecting with each other more online, more and more, but yet an epidemic. They're talking about loneliness epidemic. People feel like they need connection, but it's hard to find that connection. So we look in all different areas, but haven't found that connection. So it's becoming a real problem. And it shouldn't be a surprise to us when the Bible talks so much about the importance of being connected, being part of community. The Bible talks about uh, talking to believers, saying you should never give up meeting together. You need to be meeting together, be, be connected in. That we're a body as a church, we're a body with many parts and we actually need each other. We actually uh, are deficient when some of us are missing because we need each other for, for that. But there's a problem in that, I find, because we see the problem that uh, the health department's starting to identify. We're seeing... Uh, the answer through the Bible, God has the answer. You need to be connected with his people, with him. But the problem comes around when we actually see how church functions and how churches are actually a really scary place to walk into. I know, uh, and you've probably experienced it too, when you're looking for a church or uh, you're visiting a church, it's something, you know, there's a whole lot of questions going around your head. You don't want to look silly, you want to be accepted. 
you don't, you don't know what you're walking into. Are they going to, you know, lock you in somewhere where it's really weird and uncomfortable that you can't escape from? So there's all this apprehension. Kim and I spent um, some time long service leave uh, visiting other churches. And even for me as a pastor, walking into another church for the first time, the anxiety rises. The heart starts pumping. You know, there's one church we went to, we couldn't find a car park and we were going to park in the wrong spot. And what did that mean? Another church we went to, we, couldn't, we weren't sure of the path leading to the front door. We don't want to be walking around the church looking silly. So, you know, this is before we even get in the front door. It can be really anxious what you'll find inside of church. And it's a real scary place to be. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're uh, a Christian, or whether you're just walking into a church for the first time. What are we going to find? That's why membership is so important. When we talk about membership, we're talking about uh, just engaging people, welcoming people right from their very first visit to the greet at the front door, right through to uh, being connected with other people and feeling where they belong. So that could take some time to walk in the front door, to hang around long enough to feel like we belong. But that's kind of our space in this membership area. So we go, this is a really important part of the life of church, that we've actually, if we're going to function as a church, we want people to feel like they belong. So how do we do that? Actually, I'd go as far as saying this M, the membership M, is the most important M that we've got. We've got five M's that we talk about. But without a good membership M, the whole mission team, they're wasting their time, aren't they? They can talk about Jesus, but when they walk in the door, they're not going to be welcomed. You know, the other M's, you know, if we're not functioning and feeling like we belong as a body, the others are wasting their time. That's why I love uh, working with the membership uh, team guys, with the welcoming, with the hospitality, with all that side of stuff, because it is an important part of church. But not just a good smile and a nice cuppa, there's actually more going on with church, much more going on than that. And this is where this passage that we had read for us is really helpful for us. It answers a couple of questions, how we connect with others, how we connect with God, and then we'll just ask the question, what does that look like here at Southside? So first, how do we connect with others? It comes up uh, in Ephesians 2 from verse 17, where it talks about Jesus and how Jesus came into the earth and what he came to do. From verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. He uses a lot of temple language here. And the language that Paul's talking about, the Apostle Paul's writing to this new church in Ephesus, so we call this book the... Uh, Ephesians, um, it's a really radical idea. In fact, it's a very controversial idea what he's talking about, even scandalous, this idea that these people can be brought in. Because it's set in the context of uh, Jerusalem in, uh, with the Jews, and the Jews have their temple, and the temple set up, if you want to be near God, you've got to come near to the temple. And the temple is very clear, who is welcome and who's not welcome, who should stay away, that you don't belong here. So they set it up, if you're a Jewish male, you're able to come through uh, several gates, through the walls, get closest to the temple itself, because you want to draw near to God, and God, the temple is where God 
lives with his people in a spiritual sense. Uh, so to come near to God, you had to be a Jew, you had to be a male, that the only ones that could actually come to the front door of the temple. Even then, you couldn't go in the temple. But to get into that inner courtyard, that's all who was allowed. Uh, outside that wall were allowed the uh, women, Jewish women. They weren't allowed as close as the men. But outside, there was a wall separating them. There's, an, there's another wall for the uh, Gentile worshippers. So if you weren't a Jew, but you still believed in God, you could come, but you were kept out by several walls. And then outside those walls that you're not even allowed in any courtyard are those that are really rejected. If Samaritans, uh, they wouldn't allow even in a courtyard. Uh, those who are sick, you know, for some reason God has punished you with this sickness. So you're not allowed in. Even the poor weren't allowed into any of the courts because God had cursed you for some reason because of your poverty. So we don't want you inside was very clear who's in and who's out because they had walls. Walls that were put up to go, you know, if you're a Gentile, say, I'm not born a Jew, I'm a Gentile. If I wanted to walk in and go up to the temple, they would quickly see, you don't belong here. You need to go to the outer court. Thank you very much. And it was very clear who's in and who's out. And it was very much uh, for the Jews, for God's chosen people, and for the men particularly who were allowed closest. You drop in this story now. This is why it's so scandalous. It's a story about how Jesus came and preached a message of peace. And that message of peace was, hey, this separation between you and God, Jesus has dealt with. Jesus is talking about uh, God's kingdom. You can be a part of God's kingdom. Not, don't think of that temple anymore. But God's kingdom is not the seen in Jerusalem, but the unseen. Jesus talked about him being the, the, the king of his kingdom, not, not what's around, but what is unseen, the spiritual. His kingdom is not the here and now, but it's, it's now, but also in the future. It's eternal. His kingdom is talking about what's going into heaven. So we have it now, but it's, it's, we long for it for that day. His kingdom is so much bigger, and the way to get into this kingdom is peace with God. And Jesus is preaching this message of hey there is a peace with God and he shows how that plays out when Jesus went to the cross he backs up everything he says by not only going to the cross but rising from the dead he's showing actually I can talk about the afterlife or things that are outside of this world because he gets raised from the dead you know we, we get born we breathe we work we die but Jesus goes there's more to it than that I'll show you he gets risen from the dead but even more than that, through his death, he deals with our sin. So the offensive nature that we've got against God needs punishment. And Jesus will take that death, that, take that punishment. So when we believe in Jesus, we can come to our Father God with peace. This is what Paul's saying. Through Jesus, he changes who you are. Now the radical nature of that, we can get very used to that message. Jesus came, he died for me, I believe in him. I have a relationship with God and I have eternal life. Back in the temple days, it's like, no, no, no. For the Jews, it's like, we've got the relationship with God. But those outside the city walls? So Jesus went to those outside, to the sick. He went. The Jews would never go to the sick. Wouldn't even touch them, but Jesus touched them and healed them. To the poor. Jesus was going out to the poor and, and offering them eternal life true life 
He was going to criminals, those who were far off and shut out. No way would a criminal be worthy. The walls are there to keep the inside pure and the outside, the contaminated, they can stay away. Jesus goes to the outside, to the contaminated. Classic picture of that is when Jesus is on the cross and he talks to the thief. And he says to the thief, when the thief says, hey, look, I believe you are the son of God. And Jesus turns around and says, well, you know, welcome. Tomorrow you'll be in paradise with me. It's like Jesus is welcoming outsiders inside. And that's incredible. The, the, the temple of the day was not doing that. But yet Jesus says, through him, through belief in him, you're at now peace with God, peace with the Father. You can imagine now how that would feel if you've never been able to go near the temple, if you've been locked out by the walls. When Paul says, now, you believe in me, the walls are no longer there. You have access to the Father. You're one of his children. You can call him Father God now. You have access to the Father. You're not a foreigner. You're not a stranger that's locked out with the walls. The walls are down. You're a card-carrying citizen of the new kingdom. You're in. You're not just an outsider, but you're a member of God's household. Don't just come as a guest. Come and sit at the table with Jesus himself at the new kingdom. You're part of the family. All believers are made as one people. This is a radical idea. For them in the first century, and I think even for now, we, we might not appreciate what that really means when we follow Jesus and who we are and how we relate to each other. I'm not sure how you'd describe what church is to other people. If somebody said, well, what is it about church? Why do you gather together? And I know I've tried to explain it in ways of, well, it's like a whole bunch of people coming together. They've all got a common interest. We all believe in Jesus. So, you know, we've got this common interest, so we share that life journey together. But it's actually much more than just being a member like that. I've got to tell you, uh, there was a time in my life, I used to be a member of the Northern Rivers Cactus Club. Actually, the full title, I think, was Northern Rivers New South Wales Cactus and Succulent Society. Try that fitting on a card. But I was a card-carrying member, paid my four bucks a year, got together once a month for our meetings, uh, we'd get together and what I remember was we told stories about our cactuses. Now you'd pull out your phone and go, hey, look at this, look at what my cactus are doing. This was before mobile phones. Uh, so yeah, I think we just told stories about, oh, I've got this cactus, really exciting. But it was really cool because we had this in common, we'd talk about what we're doing, what was growing, what was flowering uh, and encourage each other that way. I was a card carrying member and we had that in common. But what, what Paul's talking about is, no, no, you're not just a card-carrying member, I'm a, I'm a citizen and we're just here as citizens together. What he's saying is, you share the same DNA. You're brothers and sisters. You're a part of the family through Jesus. You're spiritual brothers and sisters. So when we go into the doctor, we get our blood test, and the doctor reads the, the blood test, and he goes, I don't know what's going on here. When I read your blood test... You know, your levels of sin are so low. Your sin has been, like, wiped away. Actually, your levels of peace, they're off the chart. They're really high. And in fact, when I look at the condition of your heart, man, your heart could go forever, for eternity. And the doctor says, I've seen this before. 
Are you related to Jesus somehow? Are you a child of God? Because I've noticed this with Christians. We've got this, that God's DNA in us. And we share that in common. It's not a common interest, but we are actually brothers and sisters. We're a part of the household through Jesus. It takes it to a whole new level that we're, we're brothers and sisters. So that makes when we get together, it's almost like a family reunion. This should be the most friendliest place on a Sunday morning you could come to. Because we're here, we're getting together, how's your week, what's going on? Uh, because we've got not just things in common, but, but we have got that deeper level of relationship. We're not alone anymore. We have got the brothers and sisters. It should be the friendliest place to be. But even a church like ours puts up walls. We even have walls that keep people away. Not the physical walls, but I think walls that sometimes we don't know are there, but if you're a new person walking into a church, they're certainly there. Let me give you a few examples. We're very Caucasian. We're Presbyterian heritage. That's a Scottish heritage. We're very Caucasian. Uh, but we live in an area that's very multicultural. So if somebody comes from another country and walks in here, it's like they're already asking, can I walk through this door? Do I fit? Will I be welcomed here? Or will it be shown I don't fit in here? We're also very middle class. We live in a very middle class area. Dress a particular way, we speak a particular way, particular education. For anybody outside of that circle, when they come in here, they're going, wow, I'm not sure I'm going to work. I'm not going to fit. I don't think I can belong here. There's a wall there that needs to be overcome. Even our culture, we're uh, Presbyterian, we're the Bible guys. We focus hard on the Bible. So uh, that's something we're not going to give up. But we need to know when other people come in from different um, denominational backgrounds, and when Pentecostal comes in, uh, where people with very social works based comes in, they're going, wow, these guys do things differently. I'm not sure whether I can fit in here. What does this look like? How can we engage? We have walls. We have a particular culture here that says, if you're like us, welcome. But if you're not like us, we need to know there's lots of barriers that can stop people from fitting in because of our walls. Let me tell you uh, about Marg. Thanks, Marg. I'm going to use your story again because I've told every second person in this church anyway, so I thought I might as well do it from the front. When Marg first turned up uh, at church, uh, she decided, I'm going to check out a new church today. Uh, I found us online, found where we were, jumped in a car one Sunday morning, so got ready for church, jumped in a car, pulled up here in the car park. Uh, but once getting into the car park, she says, there was a real sense of, what am I doing? What am I about to walk into? And she used the word anxiety. I was so anxious about what was she was going to find on the inside, she couldn't hop out of a car. What do I do? Am I going to drive home now? What do, how's this going to work out? And at that point of going, you know, oh, spent all this time getting ready for church and now I'm here, I'm ready to go home again. Uh, one of the welcomers saw her in the car park, went over and said, hey, good morning, do you want to come on in? And welcomed her in. And once she got inside and met a few people, I don't think Marg's missed a Sunday for, I don't know, all this year. Was it 12 months ago? Long time. Uh, Marg's a part of the family now. She's found a place where she belongs. But we need to know, walking into a church is a really weird experience for those who aren't used to church. 
or even Christians used a particular style of church, even pastors. It's a strange experience and we need to be aware that there are walls there that we need to overcome if we're going to have this relationship, this whole welcome to the family because that's what the welcomer was doing. When somebody goes to the car park or sees you at the front door and says, good morning, hey, do you want to come in? Do you want to join us? It's more than a happy smile. It's more than a, how are you going this morning? It's a welcome to the family. We want you to meet Jesus on the inside. Actually, we want you to meet Jesus and we want you to meet the rest of the family. If you trust in Jesus, these are all your new brothers and sisters. Come inside and meet them. Come and join in. Be a part of the family. It's a fantastic opportunity to welcome somebody in on the inside, to bring them in. But it's a huge challenge that we've got to be aware of. We've got huge privileges in here. And we want to see more people come in to enjoy that. But we need to also remember there's more than that's going on than just us meeting together. It's nice to meet together, but there's more than that. God has a significant role in church. So this is the second question, uh, how we connect with God. And this is where the help, this reading continues on. So after talking about our unity in Jesus, it talks about, and it uses building language, building of the new temple. We talk about the old temple, but this is a new temple God's building. Verse 20, it's built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we get this language, this new temple, the old temple with its walls around, they're gone. In the new covenant, which is through Jesus going to the cross, this new era, we see this new temple and he's talking about the church. It's us sitting here he talks about it how we're, we've got the foundation of the apostles and prophets that's kind of that's what we have in our bible in our scriptures that's their writings so built on scripture with christ jesus as the cornerstone the cornerstone is the most important stone that gets laid it gets laid first and everything's measured off it everything's squared off this cornerstone so we want jesus to be the measure of who we are and what we're like as a church and the whole building joined together as a holy temple through jesus our lord and we're being built up to be the dwelling where God lives. God lived with his people in the Old Testament times through his temple. That's us. Us in this room. We are now the new temple. This is how we know God is with us. That his spirit is moving in us. And when we come together, it's more than a bunch of like-minded people. More than just brothers and sisters in a family reunion. But we're actually meeting with God that we draw near to God in this space. I can't be a temple by myself. If I'm a Christian, I'm trying to do life outside of church, God's going to be with me, but not in the same way. I need to be where I belong. And as I said before, lots of scriptures point. You belong in church. You belong with your brothers and sisters where you can grow, where you can meet with God. This is where God lives. This is God's solution to our loneliness, us feeling like we need to be connected into something, we need to belong somewhere. This is God's solution for that. 
And God is with us. You can see the language. It talks about the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. God, the Trinity, is involved here. God is here with us. But what does that look like in practice? What does that look like if actually I'm feeling very disconnected, feeling alone, I'm feeling like I don't belong anywhere? How does that work out by turning up to church? How is that going to change things? I want to tell you another story about a guy called Jeff. He was part of our church a few years back. Jeff uh, had a number of things going on in his life. He was going through a rough patch, uh, some depression and anxiety issues. He had lots of doubts with his faith. He's still like down the heart of hearts. He, he believed Jesus was true, but really wrestling with a whole lot of questions. And he used to come along to our blokes growth group. And he used to come and share, you know, each week we'd share, how are you going, uh, how's, he, how's your week been, what could we pray for, we'd study the Bible together. And through that time, uh, yeah, we knew he was doing it tough, a hard time, but over, uh, it was at least 18 months, if not two years, uh, he got in a better space um, with his mental health, but also with his heart as well, that he got his relationship with God back on track, a better understanding. It was a real good news story over a long period of time meeting with us. We had no answers for his questions, but we could just go on the journey with him in that. But when he moved away and he had to leave, I remember his last uh, night with us, he shared with us, he said, I just want to thank you guys for you know, being there for me. And I want, you to say, I want you to know that in my journey... You were God to me. You were God to you. What do you mean by that? And he goes, yeah. Even though I had lots of questions, even though I had lots of doubts, coming here, meeting up with you guys each week, you accepted me, you didn't reject me, you loved me, you just took me as I am. And we wrestled with these things. As I said, we didn't have the answers. But he says, in that journey, I could see that you were God to me. If you could love me like that when I was low and in that state, I know that's what God is like. Now, wow. We're just getting together each week and having a bit of a whinge about our week and praying for each other and getting into God's word. But in that moment of just, we're saying, you belong here. You're accepted here. You're accepted as you draw near to Jesus, but... But you're a part of the kingdom when you're here. That's what we do when we come together. We need to be showing, actually, God is with us. It's not just something we do as a hobby on a Sunday morning because we've got nothing better to do. There's lots of cactus clubs meeting out there on a Sunday morning, I can tell you. But there's much more going on in here. We're meeting with God. He's using each of us to show each other God, draw us near to God, point each other to God. So when we talk about membership, membership is more than just the happy smile at the front. We want to do welcoming really well. We want to welcome people with a big smile. We're glad you're here. But we also need to know that it's about connecting into church, connecting into relationship and helping people see and feel that they really do belong. They do belong here in the family. They do belong in this kingdom through Jesus. There's much more going on. And that spurs you on, doesn't it? So you need to know that what you're doing over coffee, over morning tea, or what you're doing in the break here, what you're doing before church, has a real spiritual significance, a real eternal significance. This is a place where people can know God 
and know they belong to his kingdom. They belong there through Jesus. This is worth getting out of our comfort zones. It's worth pushing through that shyness, worth pushing through that, hey, there's somebody over there standing alone, I need to go and talk to them. It's worth it. Because those sort of things change lives, change lives of the Margs, of the Jeffs. They're changing lives when we do that. Say, welcome, be a part of what's going on here. We're excited that many people make this happen. A lot of things happen behind the scenes for us to, to in a sense, give us opportunities for those moments. So we have a welcoming team that do, uh, helps out at the front door. Um, but a lot of things even happen even before the Sunday morning. So uh, I just want to highlight some of the things that we're trying to do to help us have good conversations with other people. Uh, that is, somebody comes in here during the week and vacuums and cleans up the place. Because, you know, we trash it on a Sunday pretty hard. So can you imagine coming here, come and sit with me, and you can't find a clean seat. So our cleaners are really important that they come in and give us a nice place to, to hang out in. Our hospitality team, who look after the morning tea and all things food-related, they're talking about how they're going to tackle things during the week, and they're preparing during the week. So when Sunday morning, they come here, they put on food. It's not just because we like food. The hospitality team's providing morning tea for us, in a sense, to give us an opportunity to have a better relationship. In one sense, they're buying us time. If you had a good food and a good coffee, even a good playground, the kids are happy... You can spend another half an hour getting to know someone. That is really important. But even during that time, you know, there's opportunities to, to uh, make friends, and that's not just the welcoming team. This is all of us to connect in with people. And then the follow-up, we try and get people up to our newcomers' morning tea. That's when we kind of a bit more formally introduce this as us as a church. Hey, do you want to ask any questions of us? Do you want to be a part of what's going on here? And then from that, we uh, encourage people to, to join a life course, to find out more about Jesus, or to plug into a growth group, because it's in those communities we're actually going to go deeper in relationships and have that support of being on the journey together. See, we're doing all this stuff to try and uh, give us all opportunities to be a part of it. It's not just a few people, but it's a church doing this sort of stuff. Why do we do all that? Because we want people to know God and know they can belong to His kingdom here, with us. This is the church. It's actually a very dangerous vision for a church. If we're actually doing life together, it means we have to drop our walls, get over our prejudices, and welcome others in. That's an exciting vision for church, but it's also very dangerous for us in getting out of our comfort zones. What does this look like? for us as a church. We have some core commitments that we've been talking about when it comes to membership. Uh, this is what we're talking about. I will seek to express my membership here by A, by connecting with and caring for others in the Southside community. We want to love each other. And B, by submitting myself to the care and instruction provided by those in leadership. So we particularly do that within our, our structure. It's all about caring and loving for each other. And I think that's that should be, yeah, that's what I'd like to belong to. Somewhere where I'm going to be looked after. Somewhere where I've got an opportunity to look after others. Hopefully that's pretty self-explanatory. But here's some other practical steps. I think Ben had, what was it, about 700 action points for you last week? I've got three. <laughs> Breathe easy. 
But man, I got some big three. Um, that we love opportunities. We love opportunities to play that role in to welcome people, to welcome, to connect with people and help them to feel like they belong. Did you know for uh, about 10 years now, we've been uh, praying a particular prayer that God will use us uh, to reach 1%, that God would use us and he would work it through that to reach 1% of our community. 1% is a small percentage, but it's actually, when you realise within 10 minutes of this church, there's over 100,000 people. So we're talking about, God, can you use us to connect with 1,000 people with the good news of Jesus? We want to help them see that they belong in the kingdom as well. That's a big number, 1,000 people. But God is leading people here. God is answering that prayer. So let me just share a, a few stats, because... Um, Last week, Ben shared with us some of the, the core commitments for the mission side of us as church. And one of those core commitments is that each of us be praying for five people, five people who don't know Jesus yet, that they would know him, that God will be uh, helping that to happen. Five people each. So if there's about 150 of us here, if we were to be doing that, assuming we're praying for different people, we're actually praying for 750 people regularly, that they would know Jesus that God would be at work and that God would use us in that journey as well. 750 people. We, all, we want to be a praying church that prays that prayer for those um, who don't know Jesus yet. That's a big number. And you go, well, how can we... Like, that's such a big number, such a big prayer that how are we going to get in contact? How are we going to get our 750 friends to come in? Well, here's another stat. The last nine weeks or so, uh, we've been taking a few figures on uh, how many new people actually turn up to church. If it's your first time in church today, sorry if this makes you feel a bit awkward, but um, uh, not counting the big baptism Sunday we had a few weeks ago, but on a regular Sunday, we have over seven visitors here for the first time in church. So if that is you, welcome that you're in church today. Seven visitors every week. Uh, assuming that it will go across a year. I think we've done it over nine weeks, and it's nine weeks through winter, which is also a hard time to come out. But out of, that, um, out of those seven people, we have about two people just visiting, visiting family. Uh, we have about three people actually looking for a church home. They're, seriously, is this where I belong? That's the questions they're asking. But we've also got another two out of the seven saying, look, actually, I don't know Jesus yet. Uh, is this a place where I'm going to find Jesus? That is an enormous opportunity. They're people that God has put on their hearts, drawn them to here each and every Sunday morning, whether it's through the website, whether it's through an invitation. God is bring, they're God's guests that he's bringing before us. But an amazing opportunity. So even at over seven a Sunday, if you average that out, that's 370 per year. People come walking through our door for the first time. So in two years, we're nearly hitting our 750 uh, people that we're praying for, if you use the numbers that way. God is answering the prayer. God is bringing people in. And we should love the opportunity that God is bringing people in. We should love the opportunity that we have a chance to show people you can belong to the kingdom. You can have a real relationship with the living God. So when they do walk in, we want to show them in every aspect, this is who we are. We've got a loving God. We want to love you. We've got a God that accepts even us. We've got a God that accepts you. We want to show that. We love the opportunity to be a part of this. So that's a heart thing. That's a heart application. If you don't love the opportunity um, 
that God is bringing before us, we've got to rethink what church is like. What is church for you? But we need to love the opportunity when we get our head around. There's a lot going on in here. It's our brothers and sisters with meeting with God. The second thing is we actually look for opportunities. So when people do come in, we have an opportunity to show them that love and to communicate that message. So when, as uh, the boys up here talking about before, so when somebody has the courage to walk in the front door, to sit through a service, if they've got enough courage to go into morning tea, if somebody is alone at any of those stages, walking in the front door, sitting alone here, or standing alone in the morning tea area, that's a real crisis for us. Alarm bells should be ringing inside our church. If we're a church of brothers and sisters wanting to show others they can be a part of the kingdom, why is anybody standing alone? That is a crisis. God's brought them here. So we need to, to take uh, that opportunity. We look for that opportunity, not just think that that's somebody else's job. There's some practical ways we do that, and that is, yeah, who's sitting alone? Who's having morning tea alone? We actually keep an eye out for them. I want to be with my mates, but who's standing by themselves? And remember, it's not just the newcomer, it's not just the person that, that we're trying to connect with, but it's the person also finding a place to belong. Some people could be here for months and months, if not years, working out, do I belong here? So let's not just switch off, oh, I saw him last week, he's no longer a newbie, so I don't have to talk to him anymore. No, no, if anybody's alone, and you go, that's not right. We need to t do something about that. So when you're in your circles of friends, don't have a closed circle. Make it easy for people to join your conversation. In fact, grab someone else into the conversation and introduce them around. It's really not that hard. But we need to look for the opportunities. Don't just close off in our little cliques. Look for the opportunities. And never think the job is done. If we have no new people here, there's still lots of people who are just still trying to connect, still trying to belong. So we need to look out for them. Especially those that I mentioned, we can tear down those walls. People of other nationalities. People of other, um, uh, from other areas that come in. Even people of other generations. If we're all brothers and sisters, let's... One, one morning, grab your coffee and go out and hang around the kids' playground, just as far as get to know some of the kids. They love talking to adults. But also, you know, we need to mix up the generations. Don't just stick to your little clique. Look for opportunities. The third thing is to be real. See, we're not a church that wants to pretend it's all happy days. All pretend. Come be with us and all your problems will go away. But we actually want genuine relationships. We want genuine to see these are my struggles in life and this is how God's working through it and I need to hear from you to find encouragement from you and what God is doing in your life. So we need to be real in what we're doing. We don't want to be that fake church with the fake smiles up here but nothing else happens in deeper conversations. We want to make sure people are going okay. That might mean even... If you've been here 10 years and this is your church, we want to make sure you're going okay. So we want to make sure we've got that family thing happening, that we're genuinely interested in getting to know people, we're genuinely interested in wanting to see them come into the kingdom, so we have genuine relationships. 
And that might mean if you've been here, and especially been here for a while, and we're struggling with what it means to belong, that we actually need to rethink that on how we uh, need to have conversations with others to, to make sure we're connected in and being real about that and not just playing the game. See, Jesus came to give us the message of peace. Now, we can enjoy that. We need to enjoy it, celebrate it every Sunday when we come together. But we want to have a heart that wants to invite others into that as well. That's what membership's about. And if we get the gospel, that's what the gospel's about. We're going to have an opportunity shortly to, to put that into practice over morning tea. So I hope you can hang around. I hope no one's going to be left standing alone. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out. Meet somebody new, even today, would be an awesome thing to start. Let me pray. Dear Father God, thanks for your amazing love to us, that you would send Jesus to us, that Jesus would give himself on the cross so we could have life. Jesus left his throne, Jesus got out of his comfort zone to reach us, those on the outside, those who are far from you, so we can know you, we can be drawn near to you, and we can be a part of your kingdom. Lord, let us be a church that celebrates that, celebrates what we have in Jesus, but we celebrate it through community, with open arms to those on the outside, with open arms that genuinely love and connect with others just the way you've had open arms for us. Lord, please use us in this journey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>